Hey everybody, this is John. Uh, something got really screwed up with the sound on this episode. With uh, my voice, Pat seems fine, so if you just want to listen to Pat, uh, you might as well listen. But it's about halfway through the episode, maybe a little earlier. Uh, my voice just gets really faint. You can still hear it, uh, but it's it's not easy. So, uh, I don't know, man. Maybe skip this one unless you really want to hear it. Uh, the uh, bottom line is both of these shows are awful, uh, which you probably could figure out without even listening to the episode. But uh, I apologize. I would have tried to fix it if I'd had the time to go through and uh, spend hours adjusting my levels. But uh, since I do this as I do most things in my life at the very last minute, I didn't have that time. So consequently, uh, there's going to be some issues, just so you know. Uh, it is fixed on the next podcast, because the next episode, I mean, because I've already listened. But, uh, yeah, there you have it for this one. My apologies. While the distance in existence join the resistance, come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and Here's how we practice the lost art of conversation. David Jason. Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patch Riccardi. And this week we're doing I want to stress highly, this was Pat's idea. This was my idea, and I'd like it. We're doing 30 something from the eighties. Versus the Big Bang Bang Theory from the 2000s. And the original intent of this episode was to talk about only the good things, which I think I was able to manage in the 19 minutes of Big Bang Theory Watch. I could think of good things to talk about, but I'm lacking for 30-something, so I don't know how well this is going to go. I'm lacking for both of them, and like I really tried with Big Bang Theory. Well, you know what? Why don't we talk about that when we get to Big Bang Theory? But Yeah. Um, we're doing 30-something first, which was... So I don't know if it was actually a hit. It was critically acclaimed. I know that. Um, it ran from 87 to 91 on, I think, ABC. Uh, but yeah. It won Emmys, so it, it was so critically acclaimed and awarded. Yeah, I don't know about ratings. Um... But, I mean, it might as well be called white privilege, let's be honest. And yeah. White male privilege, because I, I kind of had the idea that it was a progressive for its time show, but it was definitely not. It was it was super regressive. It was there. Uh, I'm just talking about the pilot. Maybe things changed later. But the, the, the main thrust of what I'm sure the rest of the show is about uh, adults trans transitioning from being young adults having fun to being parents and part of the difficulty in the transition is is single parents holding them back and trying to force them to be what they used to be and the the single the uh the, i forget her name hope i think is the wife's name the wife yeah. hope's hope's best friend is oh, is written in such a evil terrible way just like uh, women who work are awful and they don't understand working i mean they don't understand motherhood and they don't understand babies and you shouldn't trust them right because she even says at one point um that uh she's known hope longer and has has prior claim to her than her baby right. so she should and, yeah 
and that is an interesting story like the jealousy of a friend with a, a new parent which i'm sure happens all the time and that might be interesting but the way they did it it was just there was, it was black and white there was no gray it wasn't like i mean it was written as if we're supposed to support the parent but i'm watching it and really thinking this is just stupid yeah, I, I mean, I thought that about the entire episode, but yeah, that, yeah, and, and like I said, I wanted to say good things about the show, and I really, there wasn't much to like about. It. I, I thought Timothy Busfeld might, like, his acting was good. I thought, but he was barely in it. Yeah, and like a lot of things they did. I, I mean, I guess for '87, this was kind of like, in a way, breaking new ground, but it was. Breaking new bad ground, really. Like, I can I can see how some of this stuff carried over later, but it was not on good shows. Well, one good thing they, another good thing they did. So I'm trying to focus on the good, but I know it's not going to last because there's not much. But much like my three sons, there was a scene in this episode where there was lots of crosstalk, and I I like that. But I thought they didn't do it nearly as well. Like it seemed very mannered on this show, where on well, on my three sons it seemed supernatural naturalistic yeah. yeah well in in this it's like they needed to have the character who was not the main focus talking to the dog and so it wasn't as it wasn't nearly as interesting but at least they did it because we talked about shows not doing that enough and it is an interesting way because that's how the stuff happens in real life people are talking all at once but no that and uh uh two things i thought of was i'm guessing the guy who created mad men watched this a lot and wanted to do a better job of people from an earlier era and did. this show is really just all about millennials so your favorite people the millennials will love this episode yeah i think pat maybe has his timelines mixed up oh you're talking about the baby oh yeah all the babies in this show are now millennials true so yeah there you go you're welcome millennials i'm not gonna say sorry this time um it's yeah I, I'm struggling too. I mean, I guess Timothy Busfield was fine. Like, seems like a decent actor. Even, I would say, uh, I would say Ken Olin was fine, except that it was like it's so badly written. Like, I you yeah. know I think everybody did what they could with what they had to work with, but yeah, it's not. It, this is not a good show to judge somebody's acting ability on. I don't think. I, I agree. I thought. Busfield was a little bit better than what he was given, but he wasn't given much. No. And and Kennel, you know, he was fine. I didn't have any problem. I didn't have any problem with the acting. It was just what they were saying was ridiculous. And yeah. He's, and it's a pilot. You shouldn't judge things by the pilot. But like the guy that reviewed our show said, I don't know it. I don't like it. And that's what I'll say about 30-something. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there's no need to go on. That. The music on it was so intrusive, and it was like, I, I would imagine that the names for, like, the the little bits of music they played, you know, over scenes, all had the word yuppie in it, because that's exactly what it reminded me of. It well, I mean, that is, I mean, that was, this was the stereotypical yuppie show. Yeah. Yeah, they're not sympathetic characters. Like, it's, everything about it's ridiculous. There was a scene in the beginning, so uh, Ken Olin and Timothy Busfield have this advertising agency, and Ken Olin is going off on the phone to somebody about how um they have not principles not yeah, yeah not gonna we need to keep our integrity i'm like you work in advertising what the fuck are you talking about um uh, and i mean he I did end up compromising his principles such as they were anyway but i i, I mean i think one of the things this show was about was pushing uh, the 
the the hippies who turned into yuppies was what they're supposed to be, right? I so these people so. in the sixties and seventies were protesting things, and now they're they're doing straight lace jobs. But it didn't really make any point about that. That that was the main problem, I think. Yeah. There there was no critical eye towards that. It was just like, oh, I, I mean, basically, it to me it seemed like that's it was a good thing that they did that that they turned from protesting to doing this. I don't know, like the one. The one guy who was his best man, which was also a really stupid scene at the beginning. Yep. Um, the, the whole scene is like this guy's freaking out, and you know they're all dressed in tuxedos, and Ken Olin's like trying to talk him down, and it turns out the guy's only the best man. But um, it reminded me a lot in the worst ways of uh, How I Met Your Mother. So if they took everything bad from How I Met Your Mother, that's how, that's what thirty something is. Yeah, except without uh, any sense of comic timing well no that's yeah, yeah. I, I said everything bad yeah yeah uh this yeah anyway that guy i think was supposed to like sort sort of exemplify the guy who's still holding on to the youthful ideals except he seemed just as yuppie-ish as everybody really yeah he, well he, he, he was hair and a beard. i guess he i guess he was written as a character who was into the like the ideals of free love of the 70s but it didn't come out that way it just came across a little bit creepy yeah as like he was kind of a douchebag yeah 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 um the dialogue was uniformly stupid uh, i think it's fair to say and uh nobody was sympathetic really i mean it was it was rich white people whining about their problems. Well, that's what I came across as like the, the baby boomers complaining about how things are much different for them. And it did come across as very, very whiny. Yeah. It, that, that's the main thing. It just, it comes across as super whiny. Um, and it didn't have to be because, I mean, I think the issues that the show is talking about is, it is interesting it to, 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 to way, yeah. Right. It just, it didn't, they, yeah, there, there wasn't much I liked about it. I mean, when you're, yeah, so I don't understand when you say that the people aren't sympathetic. I don't usually mind that. And I'm not sure, what I'm not sure about, I think they were written and they were supposed to be sympathetic. I agree. Like, yeah, no, that's exactly it. When you hear people, like, when you read up, like, the, people talk about the show that there's the all these characters and it was an ensemble cast and there's some somebody in the cast that that the audience would identify with but i don't you know i this is 30 this is uh yeah, 30 years later so obviously we're not going to identify with anyone but it's just they just they came across as so smarmy not not interesting in any way whatsoever no, and i mean there's plenty of stuff from 30 years ago that had characters i could identify with still right yeah uh, i don't think it's necessarily the time it's they you can tell that the writers really thought that they were writing stuff that was super identifiable to um well either shows, they, I think. either that or they were trying to do it and they they didn't know if they were or not but that was their focus that's what the, yeah definitely what they were trying to do and it but none of it comes off as relatable it just comes across as shut up like that was my thought through most of it um so it was created by uh, Mitchell Horowitz's brother. No shit. Yeah, Marshall Herskovich. Oh yeah, that checks out. M H. Yep, that's how you go. I don't. I, I looked. I. You know, it's funny. I, I. I. I thought of him just because the names are similar, and I clicked on the Marshall Herskovich's um, 
Wikipedia page, and he looks very similar to the guy who uh, was teaching lessons about not making jokes about losing an arm. Wait, what? Not him, but it does look like him. In Arrested Development, there's an episode oh. where... Yeah, <laughs> and he looks. If you if if you're out there and you go to Marshall Hertzkovitz's Wikipedia, you'll see what I'm talking about, and you'll laugh and laugh and laugh. Mm. Hershkovitz, is that Italian? I think so. Um, it, yeah, it's. I can't think of really anything good to say either. Like I, I mean, I I guess I said it already. The acting is fine. Is that a <laughs> yeah? Good and good uh, thing? I don't know. I think it's a good thing that they that there's this show that's treating family life and just kind of everyday life and i don't know if it's happened before as as a dramatic show like y- you know what i'm saying it's yeah, like it's not, roseanne. it's not it's not roseanne but it's it's we're doing we're looking at regular people's everyday lives and it, it's not a soap opera where everyone's like having this crazy stuff going on just regular everyday life going to work coming home taking care of the baby i think that's that is interesting that they were trying to create drama out of that. I just don't like how they did it. No, they they did it in the worst way possible, and you know. I think it's it's also something that was not done that often before this that I can think of. No, I I'm sure it wasn't. Um, but yeah, like the guys are all basically sex obsessed in one way or another. Um, you know, Ken Olin has a fantasy at the. Sporting yeah, weird. Yeah. turning his sleeping bags about this woman, just some rando in the store coming up to him and wanting to sleep with him. Um, and and he's constantly complaining about his sex life because they have a newborn baby, which, again, like, that's like the friends who, like, get jealous. Does, you, you have a, they have a fucking baby. What are you talking about? That's not, that's not like a healthy human emotion or reaction, I should say. Um, well, I think it's I, no. I think that that's it was half okay. I I think it's okay for a friend to be a little jealous that you're sharing time with with a little baby. I just think the the monstrous reaction they had from her didn't make any sense. Yeah, it was like, too over the top. like when you you're best friends and you hang out all the time, and then all of a sudden they have a baby, you're going to be happy for them, and but also a little bit like oh man. But yeah, the fact hanging that out with uh, hope. Right, but the fact that they they created this character did not only refuse to acknowledge the baby, which was stupid. I've in real life I've never heard of that, but maybe I'm sheltered. But also was like turned in, like uh, looked at as a monster because she worked all the time, and she was so ugly that she couldn't find a husband. Which this is another thing that bothered me about this show. First of all, not ugly. Nope. Uh, there's another point where they're talking about Hope's weight. Yep, and it's that was bad. It was really bad. She has literally no weight problem at all. Um, right. And, and the, well, the whole episode she's talking about it, which is understandable. A new mother would talk about that, even seven months. But the the goofy joke from the long haired dude was like, "Oh, she'll lose the weight sometime." That was just in the whole that whole conversation. The, I mean, the whole creepy conversation where he's like, "Well, did anything change after she had the baby?" You know, down there. I'm like, dude, you're a PhD. This is <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm there. I'm sure there's people out there that would say stuff like that, but it wasn't crossed like wasn't passed as a joke. No, no. And I, maybe it would be funny as an absurd joke, but that's not how it came across. Maybe it was an absurd joke, and I missed it. No, it wasn't. But it didn't come across that way to me at all. Didn't to me either. I mean, maybe <laughs> somebody with a PhD in like engineering would ask that. I could see that. Yeah, but as a, I'm, was... I mean, 
<laughs> as an absurd joke, I can see it, but I don't even know what his PhD is in. But it it didn't really work. It didn't work. It worked from like a, a lunch pal nineteen fifties dad, but it doesn't work from this this like intellectual. No, no. But no, the, no. he wasn't really written as an intellectual. I guess he was written as a he was written as um, Larry from his company with a PhD. Yeah, he was basically a surfer or a uh, yeah. I don't even know what you would call him. You know, a free spirit kind of dude. Um, although he, it, that didn't come across either. I, I don't know. It just didn't fit in with what he was supposed to be. That's that's another problem. Nobody, nobody really. I think there are more caricatures. I guess is what I'm trying to say, than fully fleshed out characters. Maybe that got better as time went on, but with we'll the never know of the writing. Yeah, we will we'll never, literally never know. Um, the level of the writing leads me to believe no. Uh, Four Seasons is, is, I think this is one of those shows that kind of, I mean, I can't see the ratings, but I think it's one of these shows that kind of flamed hot when it was on, and then the ratings just steadily went down after that, because I think it was, it was I mean, there's no thinking, it was definitely a phenomenon. Yeah, it popularized the, the, I think it popularized the term yuppie, or maybe not, but it definitely used it, so I... I think it was super popular for a short amount of time, and then I think people realized how bad it was and stopped watching. That's my theory. Yeah, because, well, as we said, like, I think it really comes across that you're supposed to be sympathetic to these characters, and and uh, you're not at all. And I don't know, yeah, I'm sure the term yuppie existed before this, but... Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not saying that they created the term, yeah, but just... Yeah, it popularized it. I, I, you're probably right in, like, as far as like critical studies and shit, um, I bet this had a lot to do with that. But like I said, it also like it's not showing the yuppies as a bad thing, and I don't know if that was its intent. But it's definitely kind of it's hard to say it's glamorizing them because they whine so fucking much. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the point of view of this show is supposed to be. Well, no, I think it's clear. The point of view is is that their lives are difficult, but it does it it doesn't come across as to us that way because it just seems stupid. It's like they're going through the same problems every other generation went through, and every other person, and right, much poorer people. Not that yes, you know, obviously the rich the rich have problems as well. But come on, um, if you're gonna have a what I love is that they have this. This house that looks like this palatial, it looks like a single home, but it turns out they share a wall, I guess, because they can, the, the people next door are having a party that's so loud they can hear it as if they're in the same room. And uh, so there's some dire straits playing, and you can see, you can hear little bits of real music, but when it, it comes time to actually hear the music not being muffled, and he opens the door to scream at them, it's the weirdest, worst, like, generic rock and roll you could ever hear. Yes. It's like some bar band and you know, oh i don't i wouldn't even say bar band it's some sessions band doing something that's supposed to be non-recognizable yeah they're like because like it's killing time between their uh richard yeah. mark's duties yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a really weird scene he goes out to scream at the 18 year old wearing no shirt yeah well, it's it's a it's a weird show i mean the I don't have anything. It just, it was much different than I expected. Me too. In and a bad way. Yes, yeah. And uh, it's definitely not, it's definitely a show of its time as well. Like, 
Right, in a, again, in a bad way. Yes, in a very bad way. It full-on feels like the 80s. Um, and I'm looking at ratings for 89, 90, 90, 91. Or no, 88, 90, 89, 89, 90. And it wasn't even in the top 30, so I don't, I don't know. I guess it was just critically acclaimed. That's not always a good thing. It couldn't even get into the top first half of its thing. Um, yeah, well, what I was going to say, like, well, you it probably was like 30, so probably what, 30 something. You can have a show about rich people, but you have to make the problems then uh, something that is, is comparatively uh, of a level that, that you can identify with rich people. Like, well, I mean, just for an example, Tony Soprano was rich. Yeah. Really, uh, Don Draper was rich. Um, but you still... No, I... You know, no, yeah. I, there's nothing about them being rich is bothersome. It's just their solutions. Like, let's go backpacking. It's That in itself isn't a problem with the writing. It's that their solution was to get a babysitter and not say, we can't do that, or let's try to bring the baby with us and have hijinks that way. It's just their solution was to get this weirdo babysitter over two days for a seven-month-year-old. It was just, I'm not a parent, but I know that's not the best idea. It's a pretty terrible idea, and... That, that was another super misfire of a scene was when they're interviewing the babysitters, and I guess it was supposed to be funny, but it was just, it Dumb. fell with a thud. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, they also had a weird scene of them packing that was all in, like, super fast speed. Yeah, why was that there? I don't know. Um, I think they were trying to be clever. I think that's what what most of this show boils down to, they were trying to be clever, but they weren't quite clever enough. Not nearly as clever as they thought they were. Um, uh, beef off Before we started the show, we talked about this. Well, obviously this show ended because of low ratings, but also everyone on the show wanted to do other things. And uh, I didn't know the people, neither John or I knew the people from acting, but I think they all, well, two of them went, to pretty long, successful directing careers. Like, Ken Olin directed a bunch of TV stuff, and so did the PhD guy, Peter Horton, directed a bunch of things. Like, he's an executive producer on Grey's Anatomy and directs a bunch of episodes. So, they went from in front of the camera to behind the camera. Well, you know, the Peter Horton dude's probably better behind the camera, I have to say. Um, also was married to Michelle Pfeiffer for a short time. Hey, who wasn't? I mean, didn't she date, um, what's that dude? Fisher Stevens, was that? <laughs> Don't they look alike? Peter Horton and Fisher Stevens? Yeah, they had that long hair and a beard. That's so all it takes to look alike in my mind. Well, then, we all know what it takes to date Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, get on it, Hulk Hogan. Nope. you're. I don't know where you're getting the Fisher Stevens stuff from. Oh, she didn't date him? Oh, maybe she dated, but she, she's not married to him. No, no, I know. I, think, I thought they dated. It was, I, it was just some... I don't know why I think that. Hey, who cares? Oh, you're right. Three-year relationship with Steph Fisher Stevens. Where's Michelle Pfeiffer now? I don't know. That's. I think this is one of those things. Once you're over, well, actually, she's older than I expected. She's sixty. But uh, in Hollywood, once you're over like forty and you're a woman, you don't get any on your roles, even though you should. I guess that's true. Yeah, unless you're Meryl Streep, and even then, it's not as much as you used to. So Garney Weaver should get more roles. She should. Gina Davis, as we've talked about many times, but, should get know, more roles. She is on The Exorcist, so at least she got some steady work. Yeah, that's true. I think Sigourney Weaver's in a movie right now. I can't remember what it is. 
I don't think she was in that. She should have been in that. That's, I mean, that's something that somebody talked about. Like everybody's talking about, and and for good reason. That that's it is awesome that Wonder Woman has made so much money, and then say, like a directed by a woman and a woman starring in an action movie, and it's groundbreaking. But come on, Sigourney Weaver, she made Aliens what it is. She made Alien what it is, and she starred in it. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I still haven't seen Wonder Woman, but um, you know, my main problem with it is that you know. Why are you gonna have women only screenings? Like I don't get it. Why yeah, I, I I figured that. Oh, she's in the Defenders, uh, which is the Netflix superhero show that brings everybody together. But I, I hear what you're saying. That's the kind of thing you'd like to talk about. You you swallow the red pill. You're defending your MRA viewpoint all the time on Reddit. I just wish you wouldn't bring it here because I don't understand where you're coming from. Sorry. I mean, I just don't. I don't understand. What do you all need to get together and talk about your periods or something? Like, well, why can't men be there? You want to take a quick break? Okay. We'll come back and talk about Big Bang Theory. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation. Transubstantiation, Brian Stucker's creation, the land of the Thracians, and right back to the stars. It's gonna take some time and patience. back um i explained to pat all about uh how genders work and now he's on board so uh we are now talking about big bang theory which i want to say i badmouth plenty on this show um i went in with as open a mind as i could i was like let's see maybe you know maybe it's gotten better over the years and maybe you know i will look for something to enjoy um but it just really made me angry. Um, there's, I mean, there's one good, kind of good thing I can say about it, but I'll, I'll wait till we get to it. Um, First of all, I'm not, I'm not on board at all. But secondly, I think it's kind of unfair to judge a show by the last episode of the tenth season because shows just don't stay funny for this long. Well, <laughs> and no, this show was was beyond not funny. But yeah, you've seen it before and you didn't like it before, yeah, but. Yeah. There was, I'd be just the, so the, just to talk a little bit about the plot, there's Sheldon who at one point was asexual and Allie has a girlfriend and the girlfriend, uh, she got a fellowship at Princeton and the show is set in California. So she's across the country and they're communicating over Skype and, uh, she, there's another woman comes, gets involved and she's upset about things. And anyway, I just wanted to give that little plot synopsis to say how irritating that character is, how they write that character where she's so man crazy. And she's like, you gotta, you gotta, I forget what she hollers at her friends to, I told you to watch him and that kind of thing. And it's just, it's, it's, yeah, the, yeah. So the, the good, the stuff, that I like is all all um who's the guy that plays Sheldon? What's his name? Yeah. 
you have to know his name. Jim Parsons. I think Jim Parsons does. I mean, I don't think the show is especially funny, but I think Jim Parsons is very funny. And there's, there's stuff even in this episode, which I didn't care for. He did well enough to make me not, not really laugh, but kind of chuckle. I will say, I think, I mean, I think he's fine. As I've said before, I don't think it's necessarily that difficult of a role. Um, I think he does. No, I, I disagree with that. I think there's plenty of people who would take a role like this, which is is kind of it's very much over the top and go too far. And I don't think he goes too far. I think he go, he he goes right to the line of being too far, and does a good job of of not being over the top, too over the top. With what he's given, he's given this this right. ridiculous role where uh, somehow over the course of ten seasons of episodes I've watched, and I've only watched like five episodes of the ten the ten seasons, or maybe more than that, I don't know. I've only watched some of of them all. Yeah. And of all those episodes, it seems like he's picked up every single OCD or phobia that you can have, and uh, they just give it to him at at one time or another. And he's he's a fan of every sci-fi or fantasy thing in the universe at one time or another so he's 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 giving all this stuff to do and he doesn't take it too far which i think that could easily happen when you're given that much to do I can see, yeah like i said i think he's good um but i also think if i was going to say hey um you got to see this guy jim parsons he's a great actor i would show them anything else that he's been in. i've not seen anything else he's been in, so i don't know i've seen a couple things that he's been in yeah um, yeah, where where I thought you know he, I mean although there were more bit parts I guess but well he was in that uh, oh man I can't even see I can't even remember the name of it anymore but the the NASA movie that came out last year oh uh, hidden numbers hidden figures yeah hidden figures yeah yeah um but anyway that's yeah he's fine uh, here's a fact about Big Bang Theory I never knew so the main characters of the show are uh, Leonard played by Johnny Galecki. I guess I wonder if he's going to be in the Roseanne reboot and um, Sheldon played by Jim Parsons and added together that Sheldon Leonard. And that was on purpose. So the characters are named after Sheldon Leonard, who you uh, might know as the executive producer of the Danny Thomas show and Dick Van Dyke show. But you almost certainly know if you've seen it's a wonderful life as the, as the bartender who in one timeline is really nice. And another timeline, he's an asshole. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's fine. You know what, let me say the good thing about it, um, that I found first, um, which involves him. Um, so there, there was one bit that was actually decent. Um, I didn't laugh, but like compared to the rest of the episode, uh, so, uh, the, the new woman who's like kind of after him and played by Ricky Lindholm. Ricky Lindholm, who's awesome. See, I don't care for her. I really don't. Oh, really? Oh, I I think she's terrific. I loved her show with, um, I can't remember her name, but you know the one with all the singing and stuff? Garfunkel and Oates? Yes. I like, uh, yeah, I definitely prefer um, Kate Micucci. Uh, Kate Micucci, who's also been in Big Bang Theory. But whenever I hear Ricky Lindholm on, like, Douglas movies or whatever, she seems so self-absorbed, it's like, it drives me. Oh, I... First of all, I think we've talked about how you have to separate artists from their art. But secondly, I've not heard her on any of this series, so it hasn't driven me crazy. Yeah, and I really wish it's just really cool, down to earth and cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but I I would like to hear. I, I, did they have a podcast? I wish they did because they would be funny together. They but never, yeah, 
anyway, the uh, I like that's beside the point that I'm making. She so didn't have much to do in this episode. To, no. to she was just a foil, I guess. Just kind of a yeah. She was barely there. Yeah, like, I mean, she, her her she had lots of screen time, but when I say barely there, it just wasn't much of a character. Just a wisp. Yeah, as are almost every character on the show. But um, but so there's a scene where she's in his office and and Sheldon like has been told by Penny that. Uh, that this woman is into him and like trying to get with him since his girlfriend's out of town. And he asks her, um, you know, do you have romantic feelings towards me? And, you know, she kisses him and he says, excuse me a minute. And then he leaves, gets in his car, goes to LAX. I thought that was a good, funny. Yes. Thing. That, that reminded me of like British comedy. Um, yeah. It's just absurd absurdity that he's going to just, and, and even uh, going to Alex and having him on the plane watching SpongeBob and laughing—that was—I yes, was I, I thought that was a solid gag all the way through, up until the the the, uh, the end. But it was, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. No, I, and so I did find one good thing. Um, I do want to say, like, the things that make me angry. Well, first of all, just the audience laughter. Like these. Oh, are after you can after see coming up Sixth Avenue, every single it one. It doesn't matter. After five minutes, I'm used to the laughter, so I, I got past that pretty quickly. I don't like it, but I get past it. I, I just get mad because I'm like, why are you laughing? Um, <laughs> because there's a sign that says laugh, and they've been warmed up by a, a professional comedian who's really funny. I, I suppose that's true. Uh, another thing, which I think I've mentioned before, is this show has no respect for its characters. Like It, it just mocks its own characters, which I, I really find off-putting. Um, Really, I would not find that a reason to dislike any show because it's it's fun. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about in this instance, but it's fun to kind of have a character and make fun of the character. But what do you mean? I mean that, like, even with Seinfeld, where, where you know they're kind of awful and like bad things happen to them, to the cast. Um, but you can tell that the the writers and creators actually love the characters, whereas in this one, I think they just have the characters there to be mocked. I don't think they really feel anything for these characters which is just a sign of a bad writer if you're writing characters do you, to me. Do you have an example from this episode that made you think that? Um, no, I can't I can't think of anything offhand from this episode. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, the so the audience laughter, the lack of respect and I want to say that um, some obviously um, God damn, what's his name again? Jo uh, Jim, Jim Parsons. Parsons. <laughs> it's a standout. Um, Galecki's fine, uh, but I really found a lot of the acting abysmal on this show, I'll, to be honest. I, don't, I didn't think they had much to do. I've seen other episodes where Carol, Kaylee Kuko, I don't know how to yeah. say her name, but was funnier than she was. In this episode, she really is just kind of a, a drag the whole way through. Yeah. She's and I'm not... Not for her acting, just the part the she was given for yeah. this episode. Well, I mean, that's the main problem, is the writing, I think, overall. Uh, it would be hard to do anything with this uh, with this kind of writing. But, I like, the Maya Bialik, like, on Skype, over yeah. Skype, I just, her reactions were so, I was like, ugh. Was well, again, I don't find that to be her fault. I think it's just bad writing. Yeah, I mean, what can you? Possibly. Yeah, and then the director saying, "Live it up." Oh, I did the—I don't remember her name, but the 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 one woman, the 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 short woman that the like 
got in the chair in between Sheldon and, and the yeah. interloper. I thought that was a good gag, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm trying to give it credit where credits due, but there's yeah, not a lot. I mean, it's it's really difficult, and I I mean I honestly went in thinking like you know what I will be able to find something good, and I did find something good I guess, but it's really an awful show. I I mean it's just so not for me that I am I don't I mean I don't find it as awful as you do, but I don't particularly care for it. But what I'm really surprised about this show is how popular it is. Yeah. Not that I know and not, not saying like, Oh, people shouldn't like this. I'm putting my, I just, it, I, I can see people like what they like and there's shows that are popular. I just don't see what there is about this particular show that is, I mean, this is phenomenally popular. This is like worlds ab- above everything else that's on network TV right now. And I don't, I don't see what about this particular show makes it so popular. I mean, I could see it being like in the top 10, but it is like 10 times more popular than number two. Yeah. It's just, I don't get that. I don't, I, I don't know either. what it is that, that brought that this, I mean, aside from Jim Parsons being funny, but, and there being like a, a, a time right now where no nerd culture is where it's at, but it doesn't, it doesn't translate. I just don't get it. And again, like I, that's one of my problems with it is like, it's trading on the whole nerd culture thing, but I feel like it it's mocking it. Like I don't feel like it's respects nerd culture. That's that's my main problem with it. I, I know what you're saying because like there's plenty of shit. Like there are movies that I don't care for, but I'm like I know like I'm never gonna watch a fucking Michael Bay movie, but I get it, you know, I get why mm-hmm. that shit's popular. I there are plenty of songs that are big hits that I'm like, ugh, but I, I still get it. But yeah, with this I don't because it's just recycled jokes from the eighties, basically. Um, and not even the best ones. Like I, I, I almost feel like you could take a class, a one day class on how to write a big bang theory episode and you would be able to do it. I don't, I don't think so, (laughs) but I don't know. Anyway, talking about the ratings, so I don't know what exactly these numbers mean, but the Big Bang Theory is number two with 19,000. Number one is NBC Football with 20,000. And then you go down a little bit for NCIS, so it's 18,000. But for the first sitcom that's not Big Bang Theory, and this is uh, a couple years ago, this is 2014-15 season, but whatever, it's close enough. You go all the way down to, oh, what is it, Two and a Half Men? So Two and a Half Men was still on. 11,000. Whatever this number means, it's it's like double it. It's yeah. it's amazing. It's so popular. I don't understand what makes this show so much popular than other sitcoms. I don't. That's why I just don't. And I'm not even like I said. I'm not. I'm not making fun of of what people like because I. Yeah, I mean, you don't have yeah, to be like, oh, well, that's where the Trump voters come from or anything. No, no, and I don't think I don't. I don't think it's this. I think everybody likes this show. I think if you look at a cross section of the. The people who like the show, it's Trump voters, it's Hillary voters, it's Larry Johnson voters, it's Jill whatever, what's her name? What? Oh, Jill. oh, that stupid idiot from the Green Party, yeah, I forget her last name right now. Um, oh, your MRA is really shining through. Sure. Well, I thought I already covered that in the first half. Um, no, she was an idiot, oh my god. Yes, she, she was, because she's, she's still talking about, yeah, whatever, she's an awful person. And apparently paid off by Russia, like everybody else. It's a thing to do these days. Um, yeah, no, no, I agree. I, I think it's like all cross sections. I mean, I've met people who like it who are, you wouldn't expect. Um, 
No, I think I don't. Uh, at this point, everybody likes it, so it's it's. There's a very small minority that doesn't like it. It seems like the minority doesn't like it really vociferously dislike the show, but it's most people like it. So I I don't I don't think there's anybody you, you'd meet and say, all right, I don't expect you to like Big Bang Theory. It's kind of like everybody likes Big Bang Theory. Yeah, no, I know. I, I have friends. I, I mean, you know, I have reconsidered, but I think I, you know, came to the conclusion they were worth keeping as friends, uh, even though they like this. But it's it's super. I bizarre. will say this was a bad episode because I have seen episodes of this show before that weren't nearly as irritating as this episode. This didn't have as much humor as I'm used to, and it had a lot more. I guess it's like you say, not liking the character. Everything they did with my Mbalik, I know they do that all the time with her. Her character is 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 a stereotypical. Um, I don't know how to put it. Like science nurse. So science nerd, a woman who's who's had trouble dating. Awkward, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's and that's I don't even know. It's like a stereotype they made up. I've anyway, it's always over the top with her, and it's it's not especially funny, but it's not usually this bad. This was worse than I'm used to. But anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wanted this episode to be us talking good things about it, but it was just so hard. It's really hard, and the fact that I said anything good about it. Uh, just proves my devotion to this podcast because it's I hate this show I, I, I like really I think I honestly hate this show and Modern Family's gotten bad but it's not as bad as Big Bang Theory yet. I know it's miles above and I, yeah I don't really care for that one so much anymore either Two Broke Girls was worse than Big Bang Theory it probably was It from what I've heard it was I've seen maybe a minute of it and in that minute i saw there was already some racial shit going on that I was yeah they had that that bad stuff going for it the yeah so just just the offensiveness of it because this stuff this show doesn't really like there's the guy from india but they don't really i don't think they do a bad job with him he's just another guy yeah yeah i mean there you know sometimes there will be something at the expense of his ethnicity but it's not hateful it's just like yeah ribbing Right. Yeah, yeah, which is is I can appreciate. Um, but Jesus, yeah, I don't know, America. This is all right. This is the one where when we say at the end to write to us, write to us and tell us what you like about it. I mean, I don't get it. Like I said, jokes have come up Sixth Avenue, catchphrases. It's Bazinga. A throwback time. What? Oh, God bless you. It's really that's a catchphrase from the show. Just so you know. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. I will say, actually, uh, I said abysmal acting. One person I thought actually did a good job, and I don't know why, like I couldn't really back this up, but he seemed to like maintain his character and be who he was and not go super over the top, was the comic book store owner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about that scene. Yeah. I thought th- actually for this show that scene was pretty good because there's lots of shows that would have an insult like that and then they would just play for laughs and go to the next scene but I kind of like that they they had I can't remember that guy's name he's probably my least favorite part of a show that I don't like that much but he insulted him somehow and the comic book store guy is like I might have had this and this removed but I still have my feelings and I that was pretty good because a lot of shows the, the trade insults just overlook the fact that someone's being insulted and someone's feelings being hurt and it makes it a little bit funnier to to say hey or a little more human at least yeah human yeah they, yeah they most shows would end it on the insult all right there that's right um, there's another positive yeah <laughs> um but that's all i can do like 
I, I have no desire to ever see this show again. And, you know, I don't know. Good luck to you people who get into it, because apparently it's coming back for another season, judging by the way this one ended. Also, there is a spinoff that's coming next season, I think. I know they've talked about it, and they've at least filmed a pilot of a spinoff called Young Sheldon that has Jim Parsons' character when he's nine. I'm of two minds about that. Like, I don't... I think it's an awful idea, but here's the reason I think it's an awful idea. Because it's going to be the same people involved with this, and it's going to be on the same stupid network. If it was like an NBC show with different writers and stuff, no laugh track, I think that could be something I would be like, oh, I'll give this a try. I don't know if it has a laugh track. I guess it must. But it's, it is a Chuck Lorre show. Yeah. And um, uh, looks like nobody I know is involved in it except Jim Parsons narrates it. But the first episode is directed by John Favreau. And I'm not going to click on to see which John Favreau it is, so I'm just going to assume it's a former speechwriter for Barack Obama. I think that has to be the one. Not the man who directed Iron Man and wrote Swingers. Why would you get him? Yeah. Get the real Johnny Favs. Um, all right. But it is interesting when you direct the first episode of a series that you get all kinds of benefits from that for being the director like you for the entire season. Even if you don't do anything with the show for the rest of its run, you get all kinds of like royalties and stuff from every single episode. So there's a tip future directors. Like we've talked about it before, always direct the first episode one and out. Just keep yep. directing first episodes of shit. After it's such a funny rule. I, I mean, I mean, I guess over years that's, they decided that's why it should be, but it, it's, Kind of weird. I mean, I Wait, do we ever figure out what the difference between single camera? Uh, let me see. Okay, so... So multi-camera uh, is this. Okay, so you might like this because the Young Sheldon show is a single camera show. Oh, so possibly no laugh track even. Um, possibly, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, speaking of awful shows on CBS, so did you hear... So Kevin Can Wait is a hit, as we predicted. Is it? Being so fucking awful, of course it was a hit. Um, oh, man. But did you hear that uh, What's-Her-Name-Is-Leaving is getting fired? Aaron Hayes? Yeah. And you know who they're bringing in? Leah Remini. This is not a joke. What? This is an actual thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have problems with that because Leah Remini's seems like a pretty awesome and she's a f I, I, I just don't understand no <laughs> but they're not bringing her in as as his as his wife they're just it's just that's the new like yeah i, I guess. foil female I, mean, I really it's weird need to read that much about it but yeah that's really weird oh well aaron hayes go do something good yeah well it. it was weird because aaron hayes is awesome and the episode i saw the show she it was like she was forced to do bad work yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's. I mean, I think that's kind of just that style of sitcom directing, where like, you know, like I said, there were abysmal performances in Big Bang Theory, but I'm sure it's like directing and writing more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she, because she is like we've seen Children's Hospital. She was awesome in that, and on this, she seemed like yeah, who knows? Um, she was much worse than. She is, so it was. It, it wasn't her; it was somebody else for sure. I don't. I don't get why they would. So, yep. Hopefully, she can find something better. 
anyway. Because she was awesome in Children's Hospital, and she's been awesome in the Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah. It was weird. I, they, they talked about this on Comedy Bang Bang. She was in Parenthood. I didn't watch the whole run of Parenthood, but I watched a little bit of Parenthood. And she, in the first season of Parenthood, she, or maybe second, I don't remember, but she played like another mom. Parenthood, that's a perfect example. I don't know why I didn't think of it. A perfect, perfect example drama. of a family drama that is awesome, that, does the, that doesn't go over the top, is super well written. Anyway, going back, so she played a... Um, a, a mother who's getting flirtatious with one of the one of the one of the husbands, and she looked really super like scarily similar to the a teenager who was also co-starring in the show. So it seemed kind of uh, she, she was off the show when they were talking about comedy bang bangs. Like can't have two look like me. So I thought that was funny. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about Big Bang Theory anymore. Fuck you, CBS sitcoms. No, wasn't there a CBS sitcom I like? I always have this conversation with you because I can't remember what network sitcoms are on. You liked the one with uh, Colin Hanks, but yeah. yeah, that's is that is that CBS? CBS that was yeah. that is a good show. Life in Pieces is a good show. You never watched it? I watched one episode for the for our fall preview show, but and that's all you did. That didn't work. Oh, you also watched that episode where we did it against another show. Oh, maybe yeah. Who knows? Who can remember? been doing this 19 years now mm-hmm. um yeah yeah no i i say fuck you cbs sitcoms but also or just disregarding that one let's say that Wait one's a minute. decent what well, life in pieces is decent there's a show called the great indoors that i haven't watched yet is that good wait what is who's on it great indoors has uh joel Mc, joel, uh, joel McHale. joel oh what's his name joel uh oh yeah joel McHale. from from community Oh, it's already canceled. I think I might have seen an episode that wasn't that good. Uh, um, how about Man with a Plan? Don't know what that Didn't is. Didn't see that either. That's the guy from Friends that had a good show in Showtime that I never watched. Oh, wait. Joey Tribbiani? Joey, yeah. That's that's the actor's name, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, I might have seen a minute of it. I didn't think it was terrible. But, okay. Uh, it's, so their sitcoms are all Chuck Lorre stuff has been on there. Oh, there's that. This one is awful. Superior Donuts, the the one with um, Judd Hirsch. Oh, but, wait, what? Yes, yeah, we talked briefly about that one yeah. time. It's it was a mid season replacement as Judd Hirsch, and it's 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 like a '70s sitcom for today, and I mean that in the bad ways that <laughs> that could be said. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like how the '70s sitcoms approached race. It's it's as if we haven't progressed at all. <laughs> so there's that. And yeah, there is a lot of Chuck Lorre, but only actually there's not a lot of Chuck Lorre. There's two right now. There's Big Bang Theory and Mom. Yeah, I don't think there's terrible. Um, yeah, two uh, but, uh, terrible. Two Book Girls is is canceled, but no, I know. But I'm just giving you examples of CBS sitcoms. Um, oh, well, I thought you were saying that was Chuck Lorre as well. That's not no, Chuck Lorre's Cummings. No, uh, yeah, uh, Mike and Molly. I don't know. You know what? I don't. Is Mike Molly? I don't think Mike Molly's around anymore. But yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Another example of a. Oh, everybody loves Raymond. There's one that proves you. In the nineties. What's that? The exception that proves the rule. No, I'm saying at least in the last fifteen years, they haven't had. Fifteen years. Everybody loves Raymond. Ended. Well, let's see. What's this? 2017. Everybody loves Raymond. Ended in 2005. All right. Twelve years. How I Met Your Mother. I didn't love, but at least it was. It, better than all this stuff, and that was also CBS. Yeah, yeah. 
they're not good. That's that's my point. King of Queens, CBS. What is? King of Queens. Right, exactly. We uh, call that replacement level. It's not not good. It's replacement level. It's perfectly average. It's fun to watch when you have nothing else to do. Here's another example that's going to prove you wrong. Are you ready for it? Are you holding onto your seat? A modern sitcom that is both critically acclaimed and good. Yep. All in the family. That's true. Recommendations, Asians, 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 Asians. All right, what do you got? Oh, I have to go first. It's kind of a little more inside baseball. This is like the 25th episode we've done in a short time period, so it's, it's hard to come up with new ones. But uh, have I recommended Revenger? I think I did. I think Shoot. did, son. Okay, I didn't recommend the Lawrence Block book called Time to Murder and Create. No. And uh, he's, you've read stuff by him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the series of the Matthew Scudder uh it's one of the Matthew Scudder uh, books. I think it's so Matthew. Oh, is it Matthew Scudder? Is that his name? I think so. But uh, uh, I'm talking to myself. But Matthew Scudder novels—they're by uh, Lawrence Block, and they start off. The, it's a it's a character who used to be a policeman and left the force for whatever reason, and now is a a sort of a private detective, but doesn't call himself a private detective. But it's an it's yeah, I guess it's an interesting series in that it. It, it, it's also, first of all, it's good rating, so that makes it interesting, of course. But also, at some point in time, like the fifth or sixth novel, uh, the uh, Lawrence Block decided to make the character an alcoholic. I mean, all the way through in the, the previous novels, he was drinking all the time, but at that point, he decided to be become sober. So it's interesting in a series like that where something so major happens to a character, the main character. Yeah, I mean, I liked it better the first time when it was something called... Iron Man. Good, that's true. Anyway, Time to Murder and Create is the, I think the third or second in the series. It's early. It's before the, the that switch happens, and uh, it's an interesting story. He, the the, the premise is that in the beginning of the book, a guy comes up to him, a, kind of an acquaintance, and says, "I really trust you. I'm going to give you this package, and in the package is a, a bunch of money, and there's instructions on what to do if something happens to me." and Inevitably, something happens to him, and he's offered much more money not to do what's written, but he does do what's written because that's the kind of guy he is. So, good book. Interesting. It's a good series, and yeah, you should read it. All right, wait. Murder and Create. I remember that. Time to Murder and Create by Lawrence Block. Oh, yeah, I should just look up Lawrence Block. Shit, that'd be easy. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'm going to recommend... Okay, I'll recommend a couple things. So, um... I Kill Giants. Did you ever read that? No. It's pretty good. Um, image. It's older. Uh, 2008 it, it came out. Um, Joe Kelly was the writer. Um, I can't pronounce the artist's name. But you can't, yeah, it's you good. can't or won't? I refuse. It's, uh, it also sounds uh, Italian. No, it's no. actually I can pronounce it. It's J.M. Ken Nimura. Nimura. Um, anyway, it's, it's kind of, a about this school-age girl who's, um, struggling with her mom's illness and, like, comes up with these psychological, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, anyway. It's, it's, you know, it's image, so it's not really superhero. Not that they don't do some superhero stuff, but it's more about kind of grief and stuff, so it's interesting, uh, in that respect. 
And then I'll also, mild recommendation, um, but I will recommend uh, The Big Sick, which we just saw. Today. Oh, you saw that. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's good for what it is. It's, I mean, it's basically a romantic comedy with some complications, um, but in, in form, that's what it is. And it, it is somewhat formulaic in that it follows the basic rules. It ends up where you expect it to end up. Um, but the performances are great all around. I love Kumail Nanjiani anyway. Um, and the woman who plays his girlfriend is really good. And uh, I think Holly Hunter should be an ep- All right. Sorry, everybody. Uh, we, my computer died in the middle of that. Anyway, I think we we're basically done. Yeah, we're just finished recommendations, and now we are to the part where we ask you to write us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com and um, rate us highly on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and most importantly, tell your friends to listen. And if you love Big Bang Theory and or 30-something, write us and tell us how we're dumb. But if you love Parenthood, write us and tell us how we're not. Yeah, and uh, we're not. Trust me. So, until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.